Hi, thank you for joining us for this week's Ask Amy. It is getting to the end of 2022. Time to start thinking about your taxes. And that is why this week we have asked Alan Pruitt, the CEO of Pruitt Prep CPA, to join us to talk about all things tax related. It's not something a lot of us like to talk about. That's why you have the title of CPA. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, not not a topic, a fun topic for most people, but absolutely love it. So I always try to guide people through it as best as possible and make taxes as easy as possible. And help people. I mean, I say save money, but if you the less taxes you have to pay, then the more money you can save for yourself. Absolutely. Here we are in December. Are there some things that people can do now to try to have a lower tax bill come April? Yes, absolutely. I would say so. So one of the first things I always think is great to do is to make sure that you are maxing out your job 401k. So that is the first thing, at least up until the match. If your job has a match for your 401k, you should always be contributing up to that match because that's free money. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I love free money. <laughs> so I always say contribute up to the max for your job. And that way you get your contributions, you get their additional contributions. And so that's one of the first things that you should always do. And this is money that's, you know, automatically usually coming out of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. So you don't mm -hmm. miss it. And it's tax free. Um, so what? So if I go in and I can see how much I've contributed this year, mm -hmm. what is the number that I'm trying to get up to? What's my maximum that I can contribute? Absolutely. So your maximum amount that you can contribute is 20500 in 2022. So if you're a little bit under that, you can go up to that number, um, but they will stop you at that 20500 bucks. And what does that do? So mm -hmm. say I was at... I contributed 18. I mean, is it really going to benefit me to put in an extra $2,500? Yes, I think it does a couple different things. One, that extra amount is gives you extra savings now that will grow in the future. So people often miss that piece of it. But yes, it also decreases your taxable income. So let's say you're someone who makes, you know, keep the math simple, $120,500. Well, usually that's the amount that you would pay taxes on, you know, on your tax return. However, if you're contributing that $20,500, now you're only paying taxes on $100,000. So it gives you tax savings now, but then it also gives you that money to put into your retirement that will grow for the future. Okay, so that's the first thing. Check your 401k and your contributions mm -hmm. and try to max that out at $20,500. This tax year is a lot different than last year. It is very We different. had a lot of incentives. I mean, yes. bonus stuff. I mean, talk about that. I mean, we had that advanced child tax credit. You could Absolutely. get it in advance, at least mm -hmm. half of it. Mm -hmm. But also, it was a lot more than mm -hmm. normal. Yes. So talk a little bit about that if you yes, can. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of different changes this year. The IRS has already warned for for most people to expect a lower refund this year. Mm. So there's for a few different reasons. One of the reasons you just mentioned is the advanced child tax credit. So they increased the child tax credit up to um, up to three thousand um, bucks for children, and then they gave you a basically half of that that you received in those direct payments on the back end of 2021. Well, that is now gone. And then also the standard uh, deduction for a child has gone back down to 2000. So you get a $2,000 credit for kids uh, 17 and under. Okay. And so where that was increased to 3000 in the previous year. So now we're back down to 2000 there. Okay. So mm -hmm. that is significantly less. Mm -hmm. um, so you're working with that. We also, in years past, before the pandemic, had kind of gotten out of the habit of 
um, all of these itemized um, deductions mm -hmm. because the mm -hmm. tax law had changed where you really had to make a lot of donations mm -hmm. and deductions for it to matter. Can we talk about that a little yes, bit? Yes, yes, absolutely. So now that is still that is still intact to where there's a very high, uh, high standard deduction amount. So for married filing joint, we're right at about 26,000. Mm -hmm. And for single, we're right at about 13,000. So you have to have those items over that to be able to what we call itemize and get extra tax benefits. So to kind of break that down just a little bit more, because here in Texas, it's if you own a home, it's sometimes not as difficult as some people might seem because the four biggest things that make up itemizing deductions are medical expenses, which is honestly tough because it does have to be seven and a half percent over your AGI. So if you make $100,000, then you have to have $7,500 in medical expenses. So that one's a little bit tough most times. Okay. But the other big three things are state taxes, what we call salt taxes, state and local taxes, which here is your property taxes for your home. But in Texas, because we don't have a state tax, you can write off your sales tax as well. Okay. So we can write that off up to $10,000. Your mortgage interest is the third part. And if you own a home, if you have mortgage interest, especially now with higher interest rates, sometimes you might be paying a little bit more than in years past. So your mortgage interest and then also your charitable deduction. So let's say we max out your taxes at 10000 your mm -hmm. state and local taxes. Let's say you have a $12,000 mortgage interest. Then if you're married filing joint, you only need another four grand in charitable to be able to itemize. So that's something I always suggest to clients to make sure that they're looking at that uh -huh. and seeing where they kind of stack up. And then, hey, at the end of the year, we can make some charitable contributions to get you over that amount, which gives you a direct tax benefit. All right. And so kind of just to reiterate, to go over some of the things that you were saying, um, the state and local taxes, you remember all those, the times that we've talked about, oh my gosh, property taxes are so expensive. We even did an Ask Amy episode on that and how to protest your property taxes. Well, if you weren't successful or you still think you're paying too much in property taxes, this is where that can benefit you because you can exactly. write those off or take them as a deduction. Absolutely. Um, and then the mortgage interest, like you said, a lot of people are paying if you took out a recent mortgage, you are paying mm -hmm. higher mortgage interest. Absolutely. You can write that off. Um, and then sales taxes, it really seems like you're, it'll really benefit you if you made like a big purchase, right? Like a vehicle or, Correct. I mean, a big screen TV, but even those these days are not a huge yeah, it's amount. Yes, it's money. not a huge amount, but that thankfully that is grouped in with your property taxes. So if you have a property taxes, let's say your property taxes, you know, six, seven grand, then we can make up the rest of that with sales taxes with, you know, just regular purchase, big purchases. So yes, unfortunately it's capped at 10K, um, you know, per return. But if you're a little bit under in your property taxes, then that sales taxes can make up the rest. So now is the time to really start going through those receipts if you've saved Absolutely. them or your, you know, checks that you've written or, you know, where, what do I need? Like, can I look through my credit card expenses? Yes, absolutely. I'd say that's probably the best place to start. For most people, a lot of people use credit cards and most credit card, uh, credit cards now actually have that year in summary where they right. kind of summarize all of your purchases, all your travel, you know, all of your food, you know, all of your uh, other different supplies and purchases. So I would definitely stay, say, start looking through those items now and try to get a good idea of where you're at because now you can kind of start planning as we're talking about to see, hey, do I need to make an additional charitable contribution if I have property taxes, sales taxes, mortgage interest? Hey, will this, you know, $3,000 charitable deduction at the end of the year, you know, bump me over and give me an extra tax benefit? Okay. All right. And then is there an easy way before I 
put three thousand dollars because you know mm-hmm. if somebody's looking to save money on taxes they're probably like oh do i really have three thousand dollars or two thousand dollars to give to bump me over mm-hmm. to look at it and say okay how much will i owe in taxes if i make that contribution mm-hmm. versus if i don't make it Absolutely. how much am i going to be on the hook for is there an easy way to do that I wouldn't say easy, but it's possible. <laughs> this is why it's good to be in contact with your with your tax professional because then we can kind of run those numbers for you. I know that's what I do for you know a lot of my you know a lot of my clients at the year at the end of the year, making sure we're tax planning, making sure we're in a good spot there. Because hey, if we're slightly there or over, then hey, let's maybe have a little bit of additional contributions. But at the same time, to your exact point, if we're not going to reach that amount, if you know, we have to, you know, contribute another eight grand in charitable. Yeah. You know, that's probably a little bit much. So so that's why it's important to look at, you know, to break it down, look at those main three items. Look at your real estate taxes, look at your mortgage interest for the year, which you can find on your, you know, mortgage statement, and then see how much you've done in charitable. If you just add those three things up uh-huh. and you know, if they're around thirteen K if you're single you know, 26K if you're married or around just under 20K if you're a head of household, then that'll give you a good idea if any additional charitable contributions will give you any extra tax benefit. Okay. I seem to remember, is this wrong that you can write off all closing costs? You can, you can write off closing costs. Um, and then you can write off also your um, mortgage, mortgage interest premiums as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So meaning amount you had to pay down? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So if you pay for points down, especially with higher interest rates now, uh-huh. then that amount you can write off as well. Okay. Those are also good things to know, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like a lot of people were buying homes or trying to get in just before the interest rates went up. Exactly. Uh, okay. So we talked about 401k. We've talked a little bit about deductions. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other retirement accounts like um, Roth and IRA. You say those are a little bit different yes. on when you have to make those contributions for it to count. Yes, absolutely. So one of the best tax planning vehicles that I love are Roth IRAs, because with a Roth, you can it is to me a triple tax benefit where you can contribute up to six grand into a Roth. It is after tax dollars. Um, But then so I would say here's my order of operation. As I mentioned first, make sure you contribute up to the max in your jobs 401k. Uh Get that free money first. And then I would say next, go to a Roth IRA where you can contribute up to six grand into a Roth. So with the Roth, you contribute to it. It's after tax dollars. But then after that, it grows tax free and you can take it out in retirement tax free as well. So therefore, it is a very great vehicle. And then on top of that, you can also invest your Roth into you know different stocks and to to go to another level there's something called a self-directed Roth uh-huh. where you can contribute to the Roth and then use it for you know your own investments that you might like whether that be a you know rental property or cryptocurrency things like that so that is you know probably next step on a Roth but uh-huh. I would say just getting started contributing six grand to a Roth does great things because to me it does two different things you want to have always like um, a little bit of variance in Mm -hmm. my investment. So you get your 401k with your job, go up to that, you know, max amount, and then you have, you know, a little bit of a tax deduction there um, and still saving for retirement. But in a Roth, you do the opposite where it's after tax dollars now, no direct, you know, tax deduction now, Mm -hmm. but it grows tax free. So okay. a little bit of a good combination there. So in terms of how much I'm going to have to pay in taxes come April, that won't really depend on what I've put into a Roth or it will? So 
correct no because a Roth does not give you a tax deduction now okay. it's just a vehicle for you to grow tax-free over the long term okay mm -hmm. all right so any any contributions that I make there mm -hmm. really aren't dependent on taxes it's just a smart idea exactly it is it is a very smart idea and is capped at six grand you know per year but yes a very great idea to you know contribute to a Roth okay all right what else am I missing so um, tax day is April 17th April this 17th. next year coming up exactly. um, that Roth contribution if you're thinking about it mm -hmm. um, you said those those deadlines to contribute there are January 15th not December 31st like your 401k. So, so actually for a Roth you can uh, for your individual retirement accounts you uh -huh. can actually go up until the deadline of the next year oh, so okay. you can actually contribute to those up until April 17th next year okay mm -hmm. all right um, anything else in this countdown to the end of 2022 things that I should be doing yes one of the things I love one of the other tax saving vehicles I love are HSAs uh -huh. you know if if someone has a HSA account then those are such great vehicles because this is another thing that is a triple tax threat is because you can contribute up to 3650 individual for HSA or 7300 for a family okay. so you put that money into an account it reduces your taxable income so if you currently have an HSA I always suggest maxing that out because it reduces your taxable income and then on top of that what it does is you get to withdraw that money tax-free for any qualified medical expenses and there are tons of qualified medical expenses so think of it as you know prepaying your medical expenses with tax-free money okay. so if for those that do have HSAs now I suggest maxing those out and then for those that might not have them you know we're, we're usually this time is open enrollment for jobs so uh -huh. I would say start looking at your HSA options now to see if it makes sense for your family because those are such a great tax savings vehicle and will save you money so if I didn't have one, so say we're already in 2022 mm -hmm. and I didn't start one with my mm -hmm. uh, employer insurance mm -hmm. for 2022, it's too late. Like I Correct. can't just go and open it. So you need to make that decision in open enrollment exactly, um, that either just right ended now, or is happening right now yes, um, yes. to make that. I always get leery and afraid of those that I'm not going to have enough things that I want to buy health related. And then I'm just going to be at Walmart stocking up on Band-Aids well, to be able to use it so I don't lose so, it. Well, so here's the great thing about it. It just... HSA, one of the better benefits, the best benefits of it is a HSA never expires. Oh, okay. A HSA is the one. So there's two different ones. There's a FSA, a flexible savings account, uh -huh. and then a health savings account. The health savings account, the HSA, is the one that never expires. And really? even if you change jobs, it goes with you. It's essentially mm -hmm. a bank account that has your tax-free money in it that's reduced your taxable income and is always there for you for medical expenses. So you can always contribute to it and you can even invest your HSAs as well. Oh. So so that's why HSAs are a great vehicle to to potentially use. But yes, they never expire. They go with you forever and you can keep adding to them. So I could use that for those urgent Could I use it for my copays like when I have to take my child to urgent care yes. if I have a family one? Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, that's good absolutely. to know. Absolutely. If you have yeah, any most qualified medical expenses, you can use um, a HSA with yeah if you're you know going to you know going to the doctor you know if you have different things like that you can definitely use a HSA for those so it was flexible spending account that I was thinking about that does expire yes, yes. what kinds of things are you buying with those or do you not necessarily recommend those no it is exactly very similar you can buy pretty much the same items with a FSA and a HSA it's just that the flexible spending account are the ones that do expire 
for that year. Uh-huh. And the the difference with the HSA is that you do have to have a high deductible plan ah. to get an HSA. Okay. And so that's why I say sometimes it makes sense for some families. And uh, I would say typically the, the rule would be if you are, you know, an individual or a family that doesn't go to the doctor too, too often, uh-huh. then HSAs are great because you're basically prepaying your medical expenses and getting a tax deduction for it. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got lots of questions I want to ask you about. I feel like we've done a lot on taxes and you might still have some things or at least a, you know, summary to go over when we come back after this break. But we also want to talk about moving forward in 2023, how to best prepare yourself to save the most amount of money. Start off on a, a good year where you're saving money and maybe you can save more in 2023 than you did this year. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's Ask Amy. We do have Alan Pruitt here with Pruitt Prep CPA. So just to recap a little bit from some of our discussion, things that are different this year. And you said this, but in case people missed it, it's a big one, sort of an advisory, an alert from the IRS. What did they say? They say, be prepared for smaller refunds this year. Womp womp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not, not the best news to hear, but at least we can c- kind of start planning now and expect that. So, yeah, if you're usually expecting, you know, a bigger refund, they are trying to taper expectations and let everyone know that refunds will be smaller this year. So there are a few different reasons why, because, you know, as we kind of talked about from the top, there are so many things that are different this year than last. Right. One of the biggest things is, as we know, there are no stimulus checks this year. Uh-huh. So no reimbursement for stimulus checks. One of the other things is that the advanced child tax credit that, you know, those direct payments, of course, those are done and over with and gone. And then we we talked a lot about charitable deductions as well. Uh, For the last two years, the IRS would give you a charitable deduction, even if you weren't able to itemize, even Mm -hmm. if you took the standard deduction. Last year, we were able to get 600 bucks as a direct deduct as a direct deduction. Uh That is gone also. And then one of the bigger things for for taxpayers with children is that the dependent care uh-huh. deduction has gone back to its normal levels where that used to be $3,000 mm-hmm. um, per kid. It went up to eight grand per year that you could that potentially big. write off exactly for dependent care. Now that is back down to its regular levels of $3,000. So that's the max credit that you'll be able to get per child for sending them to uh, to daycare. Okay, and if you are not already taking advantage of that dependent care, I mean, maybe you think, oh, my child is no longer in daycare, they're in school. You can use that for summer camps. If you're a yes. working parent and Absolutely. really you kind of use the summer camp programs, which mm-hmm. can be very expensive yes. as child care, I mean, save those. Go back through and look at those payments that you made because you can write those off as well. And I found that to be very helpful. That's yes. not counted. That's not itemized deductions. That's just under the dependent care deduction. Exactly. That is a, yes, that is a direct credit, meaning in the great thing about credits credits are dollar for dollar okay so let's say you are getting a thousand dollar refund but then you get a three thousand dollar credit well now you're getting a four thousand dollar refund so we absolutely love love credits and to your point on the uh on the dependent care you know uh it's called a dependent care fsa uh-huh you can actually contribute to that five thousand per year uh-huh. so that is that reduces your taxable income 
it saves it you know for those dependent care expenses and then you just reimburse yourself so please check with your jobs to see if you have that dependent care option because that is a very great tax benefit that you know if you know you're going to be paying for daycare you might as well contribute that money to there and it's completely tax-free yeah absolutely now you work a lot with um, small businesses and businesses yes. on their sort of tax situation and um, so what are they looking at? I mean, they want to look at some different things. Yes, ready yes, so yes, so a lot of different things for for businesses. You know, I, I tell I tell all kinds. If you're running a, a small business, then you know you certainly need to be consulting with a tax professional, uh, preferably throughout the year, because there's so many things that business owners can write off that they don't often even realize. So, one of the things I say for year in tax planning, you know, as we end the year. One of the things to look at is see if you can accelerate any of your expenses from January or February into this year. Because oh. what that does is, so let's say you have some subscriptions for the year. You know, everybody has annual subscriptions for software and things like that. If you're going to be paying that in January, see if you could prepay that in December. Ah. Because if you prepay that in December, that essentially, you know, advances your tax deduction by 15 months. Because you think if you pay it in January, you won't be paying that until 2024, you know, uh -huh. February, March 2024. But if you move that up just a few weeks, now you get the deduction for it now. So I always suggest accelerating expenses wherever it makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to go crazy with it. But if you have a few different things, something you know you're buying, if you're planning on buying, you know, furniture for an office, you know, you have a right. few different things like that. Start putting those items into December. Okay. Um, along those same lines, if you can, tougher for goods-based companies, but if you are a service-based company, mm -hmm. you can actually defer income. Defer sending out, you know, a late December invoice until January oh. so we don't have to add that income into 2022. Once yeah. again, that gives us, you know, 14, 15 months before we actually have to pay taxes on that money. Got it. Okay, those things make a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned something, and I just want, I don't want to derail us, um, get too far off track, but you mentioned, you know, if you have some sort of expense with your business, you could move it up and do it in December as opposed mm -hmm. to January, February. What about like homeowners? Mm -hmm. Because I have some maintenance items that need to be done and it's a pretty high bill, mm -hmm. but I was thinking that I was going to wait until January to do that. So then on my property tax protest, I could mm -hmm. say like, mm -hmm. look at all this I had to spend to get mm -hmm. my house up to you know, any sort of shape where anybody would want to buy it. Is there any benefit on my taxes for me doing that maintenance in, in 2022? On, on For homeowners, I would say just for the purpose that you mentioned, and maybe a property tax protest, unfortunately for homeowners, now, unless you have a small business mm -hmm. where you have, you know, where you're running a small business out of your house, yeah. then, you know, you don't get an additional, you know, tax deduction for that for moving that into December. Now, the only thing that you will is if you are one who pays your property taxes, uh -huh. you know, if you pay your property taxes in December, make sure you pay those in December as opposed to January, because then we'll get the deduction for that in 2020. Right. You want to write that off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Exactly. Let's talk about 2023. Um, so moving into 2023, I mean, people always make New Year's resolutions and a lot of times they're about saving money, being yes. better with their money. I mean, and, and so there are a lot of ways that people can set themselves up to succeed and, and win mm -hmm. those sort of goals or yes. resolutions. And, and that would be having some sort of budget. But when yes. you just say like budget, but then you don't put anything down or on paper or say what you mean by that. Um, kind of talk a little bit about that. There yes. are several ways that you can do it. Yes, absolutely. I know for a lot of people, budget is a scary term. You know, a lot of people don't don't necessarily want to do it. However, a budget doesn't have to be scary. 
I think, you know, two biggest things when when I think about budgets is that one, start with the end in mind. You know, think about where you want to be a year from now as you're ending 2023. What are your what are your goals that you want to accomplish? You know, do you want to save more? Do you want to, you know, pay down credit cards? You know, do you want to invest more? Start thinking about those things because that's what you have to figure out. And then if we have those ideas in mind, we can start creating a plan now Mm -hmm. to accomplish those. So that was the first thing I, I think about. And then the second thing is that. To get to where you want to go, you have to know where you are. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand what your income is, what your expenses are, and then set a plan from there. So um, one of the things I like to mention to to clients is that this is a a great budgeting trick, is that if you're someone who gets paid every other week, Mm -hmm. meaning you get paid, you know, every other Friday, then you actually have 26 pay periods in a year. But what I typically suggest to clients do is budget off of 24. So whatever your one paycheck is, say, so let's say you get paid 3000 every Friday, uh-huh. right? So make your monthly budget off of six grand. Okay. And then twice a year, you actually end up getting a bonus check. So you have another six grand throughout the year mm-hmm. that you can use to pay down debt, you know, that you use for travel expenses. I'm someone who, who loves traveling. Um, and so we use that for, you know, traveling expenses. But, you know, use that as almost like making your own mini bonus, Right. You know, by doing that. So budget off of 24 pay periods instead of 26. Got it. That's an easy way. And you were talking about some other budgeting strategies that mm-hmm. several sort of um, celebrities. I mean, yes. Elizabeth yeah. Warren's not a celebrity. She's a politician. But right. she came up with a savings yes, plan. Yes, absolutely. So there are a few different savings, a uh, few different budgeting plans that you can, you know, kind of incorporate. So one of them is called the zero sum. budget, uh-huh. And so that one is uh, Dave Ramsey. So what he says is. All of your income, as we just talked about. So let's say you have six grand per month that you're bringing in. We're mm-hmm. going to budget off those two checks. Then put down all of your expenses and then put down what your savings goals are, what your investing goals are, and then we sum it out to zero. So that six grand, we have a plan to go to zero with that money. Not that we're spending it all, but we want to have a plan for all of it. So that's one budgeting option. Okay. Um, the second budgeting option is cash. Mm -hmm. It's called kind of like the envelope basis where, hey, we take cash out on the first of the month and then, you know, we have different envelopes. So let's say we want to spend no more than 200 bucks dining. Mm -hmm. Well, you put $200 in your dining envelope and then once it's gone, it's gone. Right. You know, put, you know, 200 bucks into your, you know, grocery bill, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the amounts might be. That's another way to budget and really get a better understanding of where you are. Because as we know, in this day and age, you know, if you if you swipe a card, you don't necessarily think about it, especially if it's on a credit card. So that's a great way to really gain better control. Alan, I'm oversimplifying this, but has anybody told Dave Ramsey that it is getting harder and harder to use cash everywhere you go? Yes. I mean, yes, <laughs> like it is. So many businesses are very... like, no, we'll take your car. We're cashless. Yes. Yeah. And th- that is very, very true now. So that one do- that does make that one a little more more complicated. But the idea is there is that you can't overspend Ex- what you don't have. In that exactly. Envelope. Bingo. And so so that is definitely one. And then another one is uh, like we mentioned with Elizabeth Warren, which she has, she has a 50, 30, 20 type budget. Okay. So what you do for that is you budget 50% of your absolute needs. You budget 30 of your wants. So, hey, you know, you enjoy going out to nice dinners, you know, uh-huh. whatever the case might be. And then you budget 20 for investing, okay. for investing and savings. So 
50, 30, 20 is the one. So those are kind of three different options that we can, you know, utilize there for creating a budget, creating a plan for this year. It doesn't have to be, you know, overly complex. It doesn't have to be scary. You know, I'm, I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. I, I love my, my spreadsheets. You know, my budget has V lookups and tied to different tabs. Uh-huh. Your budget doesn't have to be that complex, but you need to know how much you're bringing in and then how much you're spending each month at its bare minimum, because then you can kind of accomplish those goals that we talked about, whether you want to pay down credit card debt, you know, want to, whether you want to save more, invest, that's how we get to those items. Awesome. And that is time. I think your biggest goal is know where you want your money to go and, and make Absolutely. those plans. Thanks so much for joining us. If you look in our show notes, you will find a link to find Alan Pruitt and his CPA business. And we thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody have a great one. 